Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. And we had a quick turnaround this week and a lot going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. The 7-7 seven and seven Philadelphia Eagles, um, who played, of course, on Tuesday nights, beat the Washington football team, turned right back around, staying in the NFC East, and on Sunday host the New York Giants. A bit of redemption for the Eagles, hopefully in order here. Eagles losing to the Giants 13-7 back on November 28th. And the Eagles need this one. They need every single one because, hey, ladies and gentlemen, Eagles fans, we are in a playoff push. And that's really exciting. So there's a lot happening with the Eagles. We've got a short week. We've got another NFC East game. We've got COVID cases to talk about, including that with head coach Nick Sirianni. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have going on? Um, Oh, yeah, big football game. After only five days off, um, so players have to get themselves ready to go. We'll talk to Alex Singleton about that in just a bit here. Darwin Walker joins us as well. He is the honorary captain, former Eagles defensive tackle. We'll go down memory lane with him, and we're also going to get a, a an up-close look at the New York Giants, who for the fifth straight season have lost at least 10 games. Pretty amazing, right? The Giants, I, I've always respected them from the standpoint of when they're down, they'll get back up really quickly. But not in this cycle. Five straight seasons with double-digit losses. That is pretty incredible. And also, we'll hear from the Eagles' two Pro Bowlers. Congratulations to Eagles center Jason Kelsey and cornerback Darius Slay, both of whom are having terrific seasons. And a lot of Eagles left off that list. Lane Johnson, Javon Hargrave, Jake Elliott. So, you know, the Eagles will probably have a lot of first first alternates, etc. But it's still... This gives you the feeling that this team is not as respected quite yet. But that's what happens when you come off a four-win season. So, Eagles will get there. Don't worry about that. Uh, let's begin with Nick Sirianni. Uh, on Wednesday, the Eagles announcing that he tested positive for covid and this is what he had to say about how it all went down for Sirianni and how he feels at the time. Yeah, you know, I uh, wasn't wasn't feeling uh, great uh, this morning when I woke up and uh, and just got tested. And obviously we are where we are right now. I mean, I don't uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling a little bit better now, which is good. Um, and then the the rest of the week, I'll be in every meeting as if, uh, obviously virtually, as if that, uh, you know, every single meeting, every quarterback meeting, every offensive meeting, every team meeting, I'll be running those. Um, and yeah, just business as usual. Practice runs itself, really, uh, to be 100% honest with you, right? You blow the horn, you go to period to period. Uh you know, when I, I'm not a big talker, to be honest with you, after, you know, I talk to them a lot in team meetings. I talk to our guys a lot in team meetings. Uh, breakdowns normally go, hey, I, I may say one thing, but normally I'm like, hey, Lane, break us down. So players will break, break, break us down as normal. So business as usual. Now, should Sirianni not be on the sidelines on Sunday, the Eagles will divide the responsibilities up this way. Jonathan Gannon will continue to oversee the defense. 
He's a defensive coordinator. Shane Steichen will call the plays on offense. He's the offensive coordinator, and he and Sirianni have worked hand-in-hand throughout the year on the play calling, on the game plan, along with the rest of the offensive coaching staff. And then as far as, well, who would make decisions, just kind of like, hey, Eagles are going to accept the coin toss, or which which end zone are they going to defend, or are they going to challenge that call, or are they going to go for it on fourth down? Here's what Sirianni had to say. Kevin Petullo and, and we'll, we'll do all the, you know, whether we're going for it on fourth down, dif- different situations like that, you know, the coin toss, this and that. Um, the reason I chose the, the reason that w- I went with Kevin there, um, Jamal will help with Jamal uh, Singleton will help with things as well. But the reason Kevin will be in charge there is because Kevin doesn't have a position to coach. You know, Kevin helps with a lot of different aspects throughout the game. Um, I want, I want there to be as little change as possible. It, uh, I don't want Jamal have to think about that during, uh, you know, while he's coaching a position. So Kevin's involved in all those conversations of, you know, coin toss and, and going for it on fourth down, uh, as it is anyway, so uh, it's just a natural transition for there for Kevin to be able to do that. Now, Petullo was with Sirianni for three seasons in Indianapolis. He's been coaching in the NFL for a decade, um, and the Eagles really like him a lot, so he's going to be uh, responsible for some key decisions on Sunday should Nick not be there. And of course, Sirianni can still test negative and return to the sidelines, so we'll Find out on Sunday how that all goes down. How about the Pro Bowl? Well, Jason Kelsey's in again. He's got a chance, doesn't he, to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer? Maybe. Here's what Kelsey had to say about once again being a Pro Bowl center. Well, you know, obviously, you know, it's an honor whenever you make the Pro Bowl. Um, But, you know, we all know it's an imperfect science. I've made, you know, I've been an all pro twice and not made the Pro Bowl. So, you know, I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that are really good players. And on my line in particular, the two tackles we have, I think, are as good as any, if not better, uh, than anybody in the league. So, um, you know, they they know what we think of them. I wish uh, everybody else did. But, you know, that's kind of the way the Pro Bowl voting works. So, um, you know, it, it tends to be sporadic and you know whoever the hot media guys are for for the year end up usually getting it and um you know that's kind of just the way it goes so you know honored for me happy for everybody else that's invited but definitely you know i think that there's some other guys on our line and especially with the way we've been playing for um you know ever since you know about week five or six i think that could probably get in there the eagles getting ready for the new york giants on sunday that tough 13-7 loss back in November was a tough one. Eagles, boy, would they like to have that one back. But you can't look back. You've got to look ahead. And that's what Alex Singleton, Eagles linebacker, is doing in our one-on-one interview. Alex, I would love it if we could start with, with a little perspective. Um, take me back to your feelings, the locker room reaction, leaving MetLife Stadium or coming off the field. Eagles lose to the New York Giants about a month ago. What do you remember about that feeling? Uh, just a team that's not happy. Uh, a team that, you know, obviously felt like we should have won the game. You know, obviously uh, things happened on both sides of the ball that obviously we needed to 
not have happened to win the game because, uh, you know, they won the game. But um, ultimately, we felt like, you know, we should have won that game and that we needed to. We knew the situation we were in and we know the situation we still are in. And, you know, uh, it, it was definitely one of those, you know, deflated feelings definitely leading MetLife that week. Do you think it carried with you, I guess you can only speak for yourself, through the bus ride back to Philly, through the bye week, even even to now, maybe? Yeah, you know, we, you know, we got to go back up to MetLife that next week and kind of, you know, I guess get the get the MetLife rust off. But yeah, you know, overall, it's kind of, you know, I think it's still hung around, hung around going into last week, knowing we hadn't won a division game, knowing we had to beat Washington to kind of, you know, get that first one. Now we, now we get another opportunity, you know, thankfully, you know, against the Giants at home, you know, obviously with a home crowd, and we get to, you know, kind of as a team go out and do what we plan on doing the first time. Was it a big deal winning your first division game? Like, did, you, did the team actually feel like it was a bit of a monkey off the back thing? I don't know if it was overall a monkey off the back thing. I think just knowing where we want to go as a team, knowing the situation we're in, knowing the team we can be, you have to win division games. You know, you play six of them a year, and to be 0-2, and, and you know, you do you can't drop another one. So we know exactly where we, you know, want it to be, and, you know, uh, we're able to take care of business on Sunday. Like I said, you know, not not a monkey off the back. I would say more just uh, we need to beat these teams. Not a you want to beat them. It's a you need to beat these teams. Alex, what what is it like? Um, and I know it's been a crazy week. What is it like playing in in these playoff kind of games? I mean, it's a playoff atmosphere. What, what's it been like for you here this last this last week? And it's you know the, with all of the postponement and then Nick test positive. I mean what's going on through your mind? Yeah, you know, I love the playoff atmosphere. You know, I love playing in December. You love playing in games that matter. You know, I think that's the that's the funnest thing about this sport. It's the, you know, I think it's why you play. You play to, you know, make the playoffs. You play to win championships. And this is the beginning of that, you know, that goal is, you know, these games right now, putting ourselves in this situation to, you know, if we win football games, we'll be able to, you know, go after that ultimate goal, which is a championship. And so to kind of be in that atmosphere, you know, have, you know, two of the last three games be at home, having the crowd behind us. It's those little things that just kind of add up and you feel the fire building. You know, obviously last week the fire started, like you said, with the, with the postponement, having to, you know, play a team that, you know, people were going to say whatever they want. They were going to come in here with whoever they're going to come in here with, and we had to play our best game to beat them. And, you know, we were able to do that. So, you know, we got the first one. And it's just kind of, you know, that fire building. You know, obviously, I think the best part about this team is, you know, with Nick being out and, you know, other guys will be in and out, you know, with COVID. You never know what's going to happen with COVID. The, the fact that this team, you know, has faced so much already, uh, you know, with adversity and just we don't care, you know, and I think, you know, Coach will say it first, you know, he doesn't care. We're going to continue to do the exact same things we do, whether, you know, whether we have guys, you know, in the building, out of the building, virtually, you know, walkthroughs, practice, it doesn't matter what it's going to be. We're going to put our best foot forward every single day, get that 1% better every day and be ready for Sunday to play at one o'clock. Let's talk a little football here. Uh, the Giants, what do you know about the offense? Do you expect Jake Fromm at quarterback? What do you know about him? Um, the defense played so well the first time against New York. Uh, what do you think about Sunday? Yeah, you know, uh, they're going to have, you know, they've already said, you know, the two quarterbacks are going to compete this week. I think, you know, whoever, they're going to announce it at some point. You know, we kind of went through the same process last week where we were going to play one of four quarterbacks. So, 
it's kind of we're going to prepare for everything. You know, obviously their system's going to be pretty much the same with whichever guy comes down. And, you know, we're going to be ready to go. Obviously they have really good receivers. We know their running back, is, you know, is a very good player. And so, you know, we're going to try to do what you do in any game. You know, you stop the run and, you know, you don't let them, you know, throw the ball over the top of the defense and just, you know, keep it all in front of you and, you know, give the offense as many opportunities as you can. I think as a defense, we know – we need to, you know, get more turnovers. It's December. Teams that win games in December, you know, win a turnover battle. And in the last, you know, the game against the Giants and then this last game against Washington, we haven't had one. So we know we know it's a big opportunity for us to kind of, you know, get those turnovers and, like I said, give the ball back to the offense as much as we can to give them as many opportunities as they can to score because, you know, the way our offense is playing, it, you know, it, it would never hurt to, you know, give them give them more opportunity, you know, to just, you know, keep putting up those yards and points. Alex, will it be a theme at all that, hey, uh, you know, before you get, hey, we lost to these guys before, um, let, let's turn that around this time. Is that is that a theme or have you guys moved past that? I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a theme, but I definitely know it's in the back of everybody's mind that, like, you know, we said earlier, it's a division game. We have to win these games. We know where we want to be in three weeks from now. And to get to where we want to be in three weeks from now, we have to, you know, go out on Sunday and we have to beat the New York Giants. Now, for fans who wonder, do players have a chance to celebrate Christmas? Is there is there work on Christmas Day? How does it work with you guys? Yeah, so we will be, obviously, we'll work Christmas Eve and Christmas. Um, I know Christmas Eve, which is tomorrow, we will be working up until about three o'clock, which is a longer Friday for us, but because of the short week with the postponement, it's kind of a Thursday, Friday mix, but they're letting us sleep in to kind of still recover from the game. So we'll be done at three o'clock on Friday. And then Saturday with Christmas, you know, it's the day before game. So now it becomes a normal Saturday ish. They're giving us the morning. So all the guys with kids, you can wake up in the morning and do your Christmas, you know, traditions, but then we're going to be in the building for about two hours around 11 o'clock and then we will get I, I believe it's six to it may be six or seven hours in between there and then we will come back for our night meetings at about eight o'clock and we will just do our regular Saturdays and we'll go to the hotel and stay at the hotel on obviously Christmas night and you know wake up Sunday morning and it's, I think the best Christmas present we can give to ourselves you know and and these fans is you know waking up Sunday morning and you know taking care of business so we'll no, we'll, no we'll be at the building as long as we have to be. No doubt. Sounds like a great Christmas. And then finally, the final theme of many themes this week is getting your body back. And uh, you're a physical player. You're, always, you're getting beat up during the game. How did it feel coming off of Tuesday night? And how do you get your body back for Sunday? Yeah, you know, I, I might be one of the weird guys. I hate bye weeks and I kind of like short weeks because you just get to go back out on the field. Obviously, you're a little sore. You're a little banged up. Uh, big cold tub, big steam room, uh, massages. And then we have this red light bed that I think is pretty cool. It, it, uh, it decreases inflammation in the body. It's kind of, it's, you know, some new high tech thing that I I've enjoyed this season, but yeah, you know, just take care of the body. Obviously, you know, we worked out yesterday. It'll be the last time we, you know, work out, you know, we're going to run, do a little running tomorrow. And then, like I said, just massage, you want to get in the, you know, the cryo chamber, you want to, you know, get in the hot and cold tubs. And then obviously the steam and sauna also help a ton. You, I think you're just a freak. I think you just, you're just so happy to be playing football. I don't think you feel anything. If I could, I would play an NBA schedule. So, <laughs> yeah, you I would enjoy. It. Hey, man, thank you so much, Alex. Merry Christmas to you, and uh, good luck on Sunday. Let's get a win. Yep, thank you. Merry Christmas. 
The New York Giants, 4-10. and 10. They've talked this week about a quarterback competition, as Singleton said. Let's get the word from the Giants. Find out who might be playing the quarterback position. All right, Don Schmelk from Giants.com joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. And, John, um, you know, we're coming off a bit of a crazy week. It's been a nutso season for the Giants. Uh, let's get the big picture first. Um, I, I, I'm sure that you didn't expect this kind of season. What has happened with the Giants in 2021? <sighs> oh, boy, uh, how long do you have? Um, <laughs> I would say, look, I think injuries are a big part of it. If you look at how the you know Giants have been ravaged with injuries, um, over the course of the year, it's really killed them from a, from a big picture perspective. They've had, you know, their skill position guys have been out of the lineup all year. Kenny Galladay missed a bunch of games. Sterling Shepard missed a bunch of games. He tore his Achilles last year. He's out for the year. Uh, their first round pick, Kadarius Tony, uh, I think has only played in four or five games this year. Uh, Darius Slayton's had a down year. Evan Ingram missed the first three games of the year with a with an injury. Saquon Barkley missed around six weeks with an injury. Now Daniel Jones, the starting quarterback, is out. Their starting left tackle, Andrew Thomas, missed four games. They lost their starting center, Nick Gates. Um, very earlier in the year, uh, right before the season, or the first game of the year with a broken leg, he's out for the year. They lost a starting left guard, Shane Lemieux, for the season with an ankle injury in the preseason. Um, I think that covers it. That's only about 12 guys I mentioned offensively. So I think uh-huh. that is a, is a big, big part of it, to be honest with you. And the defense hasn't played quite as well as it did last year. I think that's part of it, too. Um, losing Blake Martinez. I think has really hurt their run defense. They lost uh, Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency last year. He was a really good run-stopping defensive tackle. And I think that's kind of hurt their run defense, and, and they just haven't been able to generate a, a consistent enough pass rush to complement what's a pretty solid secondary. Though that secondary now, Dave, is also banged up. Dory Jackson's on the COVID list, so is Aaron Robinson. So really, James Bradbury is their only cornerback right now with any uh, level of experience on the roster at the current time. I mean, I, I know that going into year two of Joe Judge, I mean, you kind of figured that there was going to be a next step and that this team was going to be a, a playoff contending team, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, John Maris said straight up before the year, you know, uh, Giants owner John Maris speaks every training camp. He doesn't talk a lot. He talks, you know, once then and then once in the off season. And he basically said, look, we, we, we expect to compete for a playoff spot. And, you know, it's been really disappointing. And you're right, they ha- you haven't seen the steps you've wanted from, you know, Daniel Jones, though, again, he really didn't have much of a chance with everything going on around him and then the injury. Um, the offensive line did not take that step forward with a lot of their young guys that they thought might happen. Again, injuries have something to do with that. And now they're, you know, kind of at a crossroads, and they're going to have to make some decisions when the season's over. And yet, John, just about a month ago, you, the Giants, pulled off a win against the Eagles, which, I mean, gosh, 7-7 now. Imagine what it would have been. It really haunts the Eagles. Uh, looking back at that game, was that was that one of your highlight signature defensive performance performances of the season? Well, that passing wise, yeah, the Eagles still ran for over 200 yards in that game, and, and we were actually joking on our on our Giants podcast here after that game, like we didn't understand why the Eagles threw it 31 times because we all kind of felt like watching that game. If the Eagles would have just kept running, they could have ran for 300. They probably wouldn't have turned it over four times, and the Eagles probably would have won that game. So, uh, yeah, it was one of their better defensive performances, though the run defense again, uh, it just was not good enough. Though I do think I thought their performance last last week against Dallas was actually probably their best defensive performance since they held the Chiefs to just 20 points 
back on uh, November 1st. So they hope to carry that over from last week. And, you know, Patrick Graham, the Giants defense coordinator, spoke to the media on Thursday, and he said, look, we've we got to do a better job against the run. He's an old defensive line coach, so he takes that stuff personally. Uh, that's going to be a big focus, you know, slowing down a very varied and dynamic Eagles running attack, which right now is probably the best in the league. Yeah, for sure. And I would expect a big dose of the run game on Sunday. Um, what do you think about the Giants offense and who's playing quarterback? What's your sense here as we speak at noon on Thursday? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is a uh, it is a competition. My sense is that it's going to be Jake Fromm. If it was going to be Mike Glennon, I feel like they would have just said that at the start of the week because he's been starting the last few. Um, so my sense it's going to be Fromm. You know, Mike Glennon, you know, was okay for, you know, two and a half fourth quarters, three quarters last week. Then he threw terrible, two terrible interceptions in the fourth quarter of that game. And they just haven't been able to consistently move the ball or generate offense. Now, Jake Fromm's a very different quarterback. You know, he's a smaller guy. He doesn't have as big of an arm. He's not as gifted athletically in in terms of arm talent. He can move around a little bit. But he's a smart player. You hope he kind of gets rid of the ball quickly against what's a a pretty good Eagles front. Uh, Make some simple passes, you know, get it to Kenny Galladay in some contested catch uh, situations. And, you know, manage the game. But if you're going to – look, this is going to be Jake Crown's first NFL start. Last week was, if again, if he's the starter, last week it was his first ever NFL snaps. The Giants are going to have to give him some help with the running game, something they have not been able to consistently do. And, David, you, know, you think I'm crazy. Devontae Booker's been the better running back than Saquon Barkley the last couple of weeks. So I'll be interested to see how those two guys split up their carries this week. Yeah, I wanted to get, before we get into From, I wanted to get into Saquon. And, like, is he healthy, John? Like, what is What's what's his next step? Is he ever going to be Saquon Barkley again? Look, I mean, I think he's as healthy as he can be at this point of the year. You know, he gets asked that every week. How are you feeling, Saquon? He goes, well, no one's healthy this time of year. So he doesn't really give a straight answer. I think the knee's okay. You know, he tore up his knee last year, tore his ACL, and had a couple other things that were damaged in there. Came back from that, and I think that was okay. Then he had that really weird basketball-style injury where he stepped on a wide receiver's foot running a route and basically had a really bad ankle sprain. And I'm not sure that's necessarily a hundred percent yet. We're, we've seen better bursts in him the last couple of weeks, but he just doesn't seem to quite have that rhythm and feel yet that you need from a running back to know when to go, what hold to hit, to have the right pace to it. That hasn't seemed to come back quite yet. All right. Uh, whoever the quarterback is, and I mean, if it's Jake Fromm, he's got 82 passing yards in his career. Um, who are they throwing to? I know Shepard got hurt last week. What a tragic injury. Such a good player. Um, It's Galladay. Is Tony going to be available? Who else else comes? Tony is going to get activated off of the COVID list today. Now, so you said, oh, he's going to play then, right? Well, before he went on the COVID list, he had been out a couple weeks in a row with an oblique injury. So we don't know about the oblique injury. Uh, the Giants have not – they just went out into the practice field now. They did not have a uh, practice report put out yet in terms of injury. But um, my understanding, and, and Tyke Tolbert, the wide receivers coach, spoke today and basically said that Tony would be with the trainers today and not practice. So my guessing, my guess is no. So it'll probably be Kenny Galladay and Darius Slain as your two primary wide receivers. And I imagine you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel with Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram out there with those two guys. Yeah. So, all right, John, let's wrap this up. Like, I, it was such a, a crushing loss for the Eagles a few weeks ago. How did the Giants win this game on Sunday? 
Well, I, I think the Giants, first of all, have to stop the run, uh, turn Jalen Hurts into, into a passer. The Giants still do a really good job of disguising things in the secondary, and I think as much as Jalen Hurts has improved this year, and I, you know, his passing game last week was fantastic against Washington. I thought he was great. It's probably the, one of the better games I've seen him throw the ball. I think what you can still do with him is try to confuse him with, with some of your coverages, slow down his, his progressions, and I think that that's the one thing the Giants secondary is very good at. They have a lot of smart players back there that know how to mix things up in disguise so I think you stop the run you try to keep Hurts off balance there uh, maybe force a couple turnovers that way like they did the first game and then defensive and then offensively I think you have to protect the football right you know you, you can't turn it over and give the Eagles a short field you know get the ball to Kenny Galladay he has to make a couple of big contested catches you know Jake Fromm has to trust the throw to him and they have to run the ball well I mean they they're gonna have to pop a couple big plays and not make mistakes Right now, Dave, the, the Giants play with such a small margin of error. You know, when you're, you know, whether it's Glennon or Fromm, you know, you just can't make up for big mistakes, and they haven't been able to avoid a lot of those the last few weeks. I mean, the last three games, they're minus six in turnover ratio. They went from plus five, they were up to plus five or plus six after that Eagles game, and then the last two weeks, they've gone all the way down to negative one on the year. So they're going to have to protect the ball better on offense, make some big plays, and, and stop the run. John Schmelk, Giants.com. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it as always. Now let's take a trip down memory lane. The Eagles, back in the 2000 season, made a deal, kind of picked up a guy, you know, that waiver wire guy. He'd been cut by the Arizona Cardinals. Strong, young defensive tackle. Let's give him a shot. High draft pick. Yeah. Darwin Walker was his name. He played with the Eagles through 2006 and 28 and a half sacks later, ranking 20th on the Eagles list to date. Darwin Walker was one of those key pickups that helped the Eagles have a whole lot of success, including a trip to Super Bowl 39 against the Patriots. Walker is the honorary captain in this week's game. And we spoke a little earlier in the week about his season's as a Philadelphia Eagle. You know, sometimes in life, a second chance is all you need. Former Eagles defensive tackle Darwin Walker, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 2000, didn't work out there, came to Philadelphia, and it worked out beautifully. D-Walk joins me now. Darwin, good to see you. I uh, love the setup here, all this Eagle stuff behind you, the game ball, the jersey. Uh, I love the memorabilia. You look like a happy man, and certainly your time in Philadelphia was filled, I'm sure, with pleasant memories. Absolutely, man. I'm, this is the man cave. You know, I still bleed green, so it's real green in here. If I could, if I could tilt this camera around, you see a whole lot more. I've got helmets, jerseys. I even got my shoulder, shoulder pads, game balls that I won in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I bleed green, man. What can I say? Darwin, uh, you came out of University of Tennessee, second-round draft pick, Arizona. Um, I remember... When the Eagles acquired you, they thought you were this raw, really strong interior defensive lineman who just maybe wasn't in the right system. Why didn't it work in Arizona? Why did it work in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, you want the honest answer or you want, yeah. the, or you want the canned answer? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I, what, I didn't have the right attitude when I went to Arizona because – what happened was I, I felt that I should have been the first D, D tackle chosen in the draft. I, I was actually hoping to come to Philadelphia. And unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, because he's now a friend of mine, but 
but uh, unfortunately and fortunately, they chose Corey Simon. And uh, so I was upset uh, at that time. And then another D-tackle went after him that even still went before me. So I went there kind of with the chip on my shoulder and didn't really uh, – I don't think I had the right attitude. But uh, once I came back to Philadelphia, man, it was – it was a, I had a whole different attitude and a whole different respect for the game, and I just came in there and uh, went to work. And yeah. I got my first opportunity, and that was it. Darwin, you were drafted in 2000, came to the Eagles after one game. It took a little bit of time uh, to work your way into Philadelphia, and then it worked really well. Um, talk about that defensive line. It was you and it was Corey. Some really big pieces, Jim Johnson's defense. Uh, what did you like about the scheme? You know, what I loved about the scheme was that with Jim, he wasn't afraid to let his D-tackles get up the field and make plays. And we were expected to be to make plays and not just be space holders. Uh, and that was big for me because I was, you know, my uh, my best attributes was my speed and my power. Right. So I could get up the field and make plays, you know, get sacks, be involved and be a difference maker in the game. And I think that was the biggest uh, benefit for me as a D-tackle in our in-gym system. You had 27 and a half quarterback sacks in Philadelphia, 87 games. Do you know, Darwin, that you still rank 20th in franchise history in quarterback sacks? And does that mean anything to you? It means a lot to me. I actually, uh, I think amongst defensive tackles, it's much higher. Yeah. I have, I've got a big poster that, that I think is fifth amongst defensive tackles. Uh, and Jerome Brown was in there and some, a couple other guys. But, uh, but yeah, man, it means a lot to me. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it was, it was a dream come true. All right, 2004. I mean, th this football team, this team was ready to go when you got here, right? Like, there was their building around Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb, quarterback, pieces in place, some heartbreak along the way, some NFC Championship heartbreak. You finally get through in 2004. Uh, what do you remember about the season? Um, what do you remember about the Super Bowl experience? Well, it's funny because when I came in in 2000, the year prior to that was 99 when Donovan first came in here. And uh, and it, it, that wasn't a great year. Uh, uh, that, matter of fact, I believe Doug, uh, uh, the Peterson. last head coach, yeah. that was the start, was, was Donovan was the starter, and then Donovan took over that season. I came in 2000. We started the season fresh, uh, and it was, I believe it was week two or three that I came in. If you recall, you remember the Dallas Cowboy pickle juice game? Yes, sir. I came in that week right after that game. Okay, uh, okay. And uh, so that was that was kind of where it all started. And then in 2004, when we finally reached the Super Bowl, um, uh, I mean, it was 2005 Super Bowl, 2004 season, um, you know, it was like finally getting to the mountaintop. We just didn't actually win the game. <laughs> what was the Super Bowl like, though? I mean, bright lights, uh, long halftime, tons of pressure, media everywhere. Uh, did you enjoy the week? I enjoyed the week. I think I got calls, Spuds, I got calls from people that I had never spoken to that were like superstars, trying to find out where I was going to be during the week. And meanwhile, I was, I was going anywhere. I was trying to get ready for the game. It was the biggest game of my life. I wanted to play. But I was, my agent was getting calls, and I was getting calls from folks from all around the world, these celebrities. And uh, it was just the magnitude of the game was just it – was, it was special. Heartbreaking to lose that game? Do you feel it still at all? 
But I'll be honest with you, and this is a true statement. I still wake up in the middle of the night chasing Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's how how much it meant to me. Uh, I still have nightmares, uh, like I said, waking up chasing Tom Brady. And, uh, again, you know, it it, it meant a lot, you know, and it's probably – the best, the best way I could describe it is it was the best moment of my life and the worst all in the same time. I understand. Jim Johnson, <laughs> defensive coordinator, what a great man, uh, what a great mind. What, what about his defense? What was so special about his scheme, Darwin? Why did it work so well? Well, it's, 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 I, you know, I think it was the mixture of just rushing for, but also the blitz packages. We also had a great player in Brian Dawkins who, you know, was extremely helpful to us because wherever he went, teams wanted to know. And he, wherever he went around our defense, it changed the, the offense's uh, scheme or how they were going to block us. So that made a big difference up front for the D-line uh, in our blitz package. Uh, and I'll tell you, when I left the Eagles, majority of my career was with the Eagles, mm-hmm. as you know, seven of my nine years with the Eagles. When I left went to the Bears – the playbook, I mean, I learned the defense in like a day. When I was in Philadelphia, the playbook was like that thick. And Jim had, he just had a massive uh, uh, playbook and so much to learn. But it was, he was a, he was a genius. That's all I can say about him. D-Walk, uh, what I really love is that you have stayed in the area. Um, Philadelphia means a lot to you. you. You always cultivated relationships. You translated that into business. How did you kind of learn all of that while at the same time managing a really intense load of football? You know, my life has always kind of been that way, right? I was an engineering major in college, so that managing that along with playing football in college was just like a 40-hour job back then. Uh, and then coming to NFL and having started my own firm with a, with, with a guy that I studied with in, in, uh, in college. So it was... Managing that for me, it wasn't that tough because my priority, my focus was be, was being the best defensive tackle I could be for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, during my career, I was one of the top D tackles in the game at, you know, at, at, at Philadelphia. So uh, that was what my, where my focus was. That's how I kept it easy. You get to witness Philadelphia as a player now, as an ex-player, as a football city. Describe it. <laughs> passing I mean it's you know it's it's funny when I, I played for two other teams other than Philadelphia at the end of my career when I was in Carolina they, they could pretty much care less uh, who you was there when I was with the Chicago Bears the team the Bears Chicago kind of loved the Bears but it just wasn't the same as Philadelphia in Philadelphia this city loves you more than anything in the world you if you win in this city, there's no better city in America to play in. Now, if you lose, they will yeah. let you know. <laughs> they don't have no problem telling you about it. You got to have thick skin. But if you win in this city, it's nothing else like it. Darwin, th- th- this game has changed. The NFL has changed. You, you got about this much room to, to hit a quarterback now. Um, as you observe it, is that good for the game, the, the way it's kind of skewed toward the offense? Although I got to tell you, the way it looks in the NFL now, the defenses always catch up to the offense. Why is that? <laughs> they always catch up because defensive players are just better. <laughs> <laughs> defense wins championships, baby. You yeah, know, you gotta true. be 
Listen, when you play defense, you got to be more athletic than the offensive players because you don't know what's coming, and you still got to be able to react and do things. So, uh, I, you know, I'm a defensive guy. What can I say? But I will tell you that when I played even, I thought the hitting surface for the quarterbacks was too small. Yeah. Now, good races. I mean, you can't hit – you can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, – yeah, it's gotten tougher and tougher, but, I, you know, and I tell you, it's a, it's, it is a benefit to the quarterbacks now because quarterbacks back then, we could put that leather on them and they, and they had to think about it uh, with, on the next play. So it made a difference in the game. I, I we mean, could change the course of games. For sure. I, I, I'm judging by your man cave that you do think about your good times in Philly quite a bit. Some guys, when they're done playing, they don't ever look back. You look back with, with fondness, don't you? Absolutely, I do. I look back with fondness. I mean, I have, don't get me wrong, my life is still great. Um, I've got a beautiful family. i got a beautiful wife, three beautiful sons. Um, and I love going to their games. My, my oldest son is the quarterback on the freshman team here in South New Jersey. Um, and my other two play basketball and football as well. So it's, it's fun watching them play and grow up. Uh, so I'm, I'm enjoying life, man. And, and, and again, like you said, I'm very active in business still. I own real estate here in locally now, uh, commercial real estate like Wawa's and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm busy and I'm happy. Yeah. See this? For everybody out there watching, second chances are often the best chances. You've made the most, <laughs> you've made the most of it in Philadelphia, Darwin. I love it. I'm so happy for you. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Good stuff. Darwin Walker, former Eagles defensive tackle. Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, have a great 2022. You too, man. So the stage is set for Sunday. An Eagles victory is imperative. Philadelphia, one of three teams, seven and seven. One of four teams, seven and seven. Currently in the eighth spot in a seven-team playoff picture in the NFC. So the Eagles looking at this going, hey, we got to win every single game. We're going to have for you on Sunday after the game our instant reaction podcast, so make sure you tune in for that. In the meantime, everyone, have a great holiday weekend. Merry Christmas to all. Thanks to Peter Kelly and Julie McLaughlin, as well as Ray Doyle for their work on this podcast. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. If you have a moment to give us a review, please do so. The link is in your podcast library, in the details section of your podcast library. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. This is the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks, everyone. A big one on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff. Make sure you're with us on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, as well as our official app and our social media channels for the kickoff show presented by Exalta. That starts at 12, 10 p.m. And, of course, we'll have you uh, covered with our live coverage from Lincoln Financial Field, our postgame show presented by Rico. And, again, our instant re reaction podcast comes out just a little bit after the game. So we turn it around very quickly. Thanks, Peter. And uh, we get it right to you. So enjoy. Everyone, let's get a win this weekend. Let's keep this thing going. The playoffs are within reach. Eagles just have to take care of business. I'm Dave Spadaro. Thanks, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, birds. E-A-T-L-E-A.